Welcome to the fight with Teddy Atlas. I'm Ken Rideout, and it's my privilege to be joined, as always, by the legendary trainer, the great Teddy Atlas. Teddy, how are you? Good. First of all, I want to start this by congratulating you and Rob, our producer, both of you. People know what a job you do here, but in the race world, again, you did it again. <laughs> Second and third place in a big race. You're going to tell the people, because I'm asking you to, you wouldn't bring it up. Uh, a little bit about it, but I just want to say you came in second and third. The only bad thing, nothing bad, but <laughs> I wanted to say you guys are the best one-two punch, so you're the best <laughs> two-three punch that, that I can think about. And I appreciate you guys, and you do a great job with the racing. You're consistent with it. Uh, you guys are always up in the top. Uh, second and third, pretty damn good. How many people in the race? Uh, in that race, 2,000. Not too shabby. Yeah, not too it was shabby. Surf City Marathon in Huntington Beach. Rob came out to L.A. I jumped in with him a few, with a few weeks' notice. and uh, yeah, See, so you already, you're putting your little thing out there. A couple of weeks' well, notice, that's why he came in second. No, no, no. I know. <laughs> The kid who the kid who beat me beat me by seven minutes eight weeks prior at uh, Sacramento former All American at Princeton he won oh, he wow. ran a two twenty one at Sacramento Marathon I ran two twenty eight so with at about fourteen miles we were chatting we were way ahead of um, there was a couple guys in between us and Rob and Rob got them in the end but I I said I was talking to him and he said yeah I'm just coming off a of two twenty one at Sacramento at that point I knew I was probably going too hard trying to stay with him and uh, he slowly pulled away from me and. I was just trying on a at death. that point you were like i see you at lunch <laughs> exactly okay. right. it's, been, it's been nice chatting uh, yep yep this, no, that's pretty damn good the disappointing part was the time that i ran would have won that race like the last 10 years and then so oh, you wow. just you just never know who's going to show up and like i've always said when real runners show up those guys can kill me i mean it's i'm good against the weekend warriors when the real runners come it's i got when you said princeton listen i how you doing, everyone out there? I, I just have to segue sometimes off into a little quick, quick, quick story that is pretty funny. One of the greatest quotes of all time. I can't help it. Um, I think the people out there probably get a kick out of it. But when you say Princeton, it reminds me of the late, great Dan Duva. God bless him. Mm -hmm. He got brain cancer and he died way, 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 way too young. And he's the one who created main events and uh, the great promotional team that they were and that they continue to be afterwards with Lou Duva, the patri patriarch of, of that family and the great trainer, the great corner man. Uh, and, but Dan was really the, the genius behind the whole thing. And I remember when, everybody remembers when Tyson had gone away to jail for three years. Uh, he went away for, for the rape charge and when he was getting out, it's like the whole boxing world, the whole media world converged on the prison in Indianapolis. Mm -hmm. They were they were all, Indiana, Indianapolis, they were all outside waiting. It was like four in the morning and they were waiting for him to be released. And the whole thing was, you know, is he going to go with Don King again? After it was shown while he was away that Don King had, uh, let's say misappropriated some funds, maybe, <laughs> maybe. And after all that, everybody is waiting to become his promoter. And, and, and the news people are there to see whether or not he's, again, he's going to go with King or he's going he's gonna to change. He's mm -hmm. going to go 
with somebody else. He's mm-hmm. going to break away from this. And now after three years in prison, that, that he's changed his thinking, that, he, that he's ready to think in a different direction. And so here they are. I mean, there was news people from Japan there. And Dan Duva's there. And he comes out. And I guess it was pretty quick. He says, I'm going to stay with Don King. <laughs> and everybody was like, oh, my God. And so now they're, you know how the media works. So everybody is running around seeing who they can get a quote from. Mm-hmm. So they run right over to Dan Duver, you know, the, one yeah. of the biggest promoters in the business. They say, Dan, news, newspaper guy, Dan, can you believe this? Can you believe that after all this, he says that he's going back with King? You, and Dan Duva, in his way, real sharp guy, his way he says, without blinking, he says, yeah. He goes, you say yeah so easily. You're not surprised? He goes, no, you guys, for some reason, forget. He just got out of prison, not Princeton. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I'm sorry, but, but it was just such a great quote. It was just so great, and you just reminded me of that that I had to bring that up. <laughs> well, our race was on uh, Super Bowl Sunday, so then we went back up to uh, my house in L.A. and we watched the Super Bowl, and we spoke with you, and you gave us your list of, let's say, probably seven or eight prop bets. And you said, these are the bets, take them. And I know that we and should... Won't, we- and then, listen, just to clear the ad, to make sure that I'm not really betting on them. It's my friend who's who's a master at that, right. Bill, Bill Krakenberger. Yeah. He's, he's got his own show, he's... He's the best at it. He's the best in the country at it. At least I feel he is. But uh, it's not just me. I mean, his his uh, you know, his track record is his track record. I mean, he he's a guy that wins at doing something that you're not supposed to win at gambling. Yep. You know, so it's it wasn't really me. It was just me getting the the picks from him and him telling me about him. And so I'm not really into that too much, to be honest. Um, but he uh, he did pretty damn good until uh <laughs> until somebody who somebody showed up i don't know somebody all so of a sudden a dark cloud the shadow <laughs> <laughs> so you gave us the picks and i'm like all right let me see which one of these we can get and in bill's gonna be hearing this for the first time i'm sorry i'm sorry <laughs> i really am it's but a the shadow i take full who responsibility can stop the power of the shadow <laughs> who can stop the great crack well, you gave us all the picks. I said to Rob, all right, let's get on all these picks. I log in. I can't. The only one I can find is the red Gatorade. I'm like, all right, red Gatorade, let's go. So we both jump on that one, and every single pick hits. We're going down the list for a song, hair color, all these oddball picks. And then they get to the Gatorade, and he dumps it. And I go, we're definitely winning this one. He's won them all. He must know something. We're winning this one. They dumped out Gatorade orange. What I he said, didn't know was said, Ken was suddenly betting said, on it. It's That's official. what he didn't know. That was I, the X factor. They that probably, Ken jumped in. They probably had red, and as soon as someone find out that I went on red, they were like, no, 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 don't get the red. Get the orange. <laughs> get that orange one, well, the only one in the arena. Yeah, and they dumped what, the orange. What was the name of that guy in the Bronx Tale? Great movie. The, the guy that... Everything he bet on went bad. Oh, and the uh, craps game when he was down in the yeah. basement. That, that's definitely me. I said to Rob, I said, official. Matter of fact, they went to the racetrack. They went to the racetrack and their horse, whatever the name of the horse was, uh, Kryptonite. <laughs> I think it was Kryptonite. <laughs> Come on, Kryptonite. And he's ahead by like 10 lanes. Yeah. Come on. And all of a sudden, he's, and he comes walking down the stairs going, Come on, Kryptonite, <laughs> holding, holding his like $2 ticket. Yeah. And, and Sonny, the wise guy, turned and said, 
he bet on kryptonite <laughs> he goes oh, we're done he goes yep. and he starts ripping up the tickets yep. and the the kid c is with him and say what what are you ripping up he's still in first he goes you don't understand <laughs> <laughs> that's how i feel i said to rob i said i'm done mush mush been mushed anytime crack, i crack, take it crack crack I mushed the first you. time i know you watched the show you've been mushed I mushed, I mushed you 100%. I take full responsibility. I said to you right after the thing, I said, this is my fault. I take full responsibility for he this He did loss. say that. He's a good person. <laughs> he did. He took responsibility. I am the reverse indicator. If there you it want, is. There it is. Orange. <laughs> it was orange. <laughs> and it, it was red before that. Of course. Somehow, people were even saying that. They, we don't understand the chemistry of this. How did this happen? <laughs> it was red, and it just suddenly turned orange. I jinxed us. <laughs> So if you want to know who to pick, ask me and take the opposite hey, so, every since time. Since we're on this, uh, before we get into the boxing stuff, I want to, I congratulated you and Rob for the race. I want to congratulate those Chief fans for 50 years that have been out there, that have uh, been loyal. It's, to me, the most important thing, one of the most important things you can be in life is loyal. Mm -hmm. Whether you're a fan, whether you're a husband, a wife, a friend, you know, whatever, business associate, uh, partner, whatever. And the fans that have been loyal, you know, for 50 years, 50 years since Hank Stram, that great coach, walked down that sideline, you know, when they beat the Minnesota Vikings, I believe it was. And he's got his program and his, uh, he's got his, uh, his sheet in his hand like a program at yep. a racetrack. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just yeah. slapping it. He was the best. Yeah. He's slapping. He's walking down. All right, boys, just keep matriculating that ball downfield, <laughs> boys. All day long, boys. You know, and it's been 50 years the chief fans uh they got their award yeah. for being loyal they they got the win and congratulations to them and you know i want to touch on it because there's a word a tough word it's not a four-letter word but it's a tough word it's in our life it's in the sports world it's um it's definitely a parallel with it with boxing with everything that you do that there's pressure involved it's a five-letter word it's called choke and listen, these people are great. I mean, the coaches, everyone got there. So you don't like to use that word. But it's a word that hangs out there mm -hmm. like a cloud sometimes. And you wonder, you know, when they get to the big stage that they've never been, will somebody's collar get tight? Mm -hmm. I mean, that's what originated that. You know, that's that's the origin of that where that word came from is that the collar gets tight. And what does it really mean? It You don't choke, but what it means is that you think differently than you normally would and that you have in normal situations. It's not a normal situation. But the funny thing is, it's just not a game. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but it's the Super Bowl. Yep. It's the world championship. It's It could be the heavyweight championship of the world, the light heavyweight championship, the, whatever, whatever. But uh, it could be the Little League championship. It could be uh, a guy having a big board meeting and he's got to present... You That's know, right. He's going to make the presentation the first time he had to do that. Mm -hmm. It could be a teacher in a classroom and a supervisor's watching out today. Is she going to teach differently? It could be a billiards player, a pool player, making a shot. and There's money on the line. Does he, Minnesota Fats, I think, always uh, beat the great, uh, what was his name? The the great, uh, what the heck, Marcy, uh, it was a great pool player. He was he was tremendous. Minnesota Fats is the only uh, name yeah. I know. In no, pool. no, he was great. But Rob's going to get it for me. Um, Marconi. Uh, I think it was Marconi. Moscone. 
Moscone. Yeah, Willie Moscone. Now, Willie Moscone was a great, great straight-up pool player. I mean, tremendous. Probably better than Minnesota Fats. But Minnesota Fats, when, when he was online, <laughs> the fat man <laughs> was showing up. And Willie, sometimes the pressure got to him a little bit, maybe. But the money you put on was Minnesota because he could play in a cigar-filled room, you know, <laughs> with people drinking beer, you know, uh, bumping into him in the pool table. Willie would be like, that's not proper <laughs> pool etiquette. Yeah. You, that, that could throw him off a little bit, mm -hmm. but not the fat man because, <laughs> you know, he could handle the, it was about the money. It was about the moment. It was about the pressure. So what what I'm saying is, and I think it's prevalent here, is that I think, for me, I look at things differently. You know, I'm in the world of boxing and been in it since I'm a kid. And I look at everything as, yeah, it's one thing to be good. It's another thing is, are you good at the right time? Yeah. Do you handle the moment? Do you handle the pressure? The mental part. The mental part. How many times I talk about on this show, the mental part of boxing is 75%. The mental part of life is 75% of, of not letting things get in the way of what you can do. Mm-hmm what you should do, what you have done, all of a sudden it becomes different because we make it different in our minds. But it's another game. But it's always interesting to see who's going to be affected by that collar and who's the collar going to get a little... And I think you saw it. I don't know that anyone's talking about it, but again, I'm looking at it from my eyes, my perspective, my experience, what matters in my world. And I'm looking at it, and here we are, they're on the stage, the big stage, first time, quarterbacks, coaches, everybody. And with about a minute, 45 seconds, you know, I, I, don't hold me to it, but somewhere around that left and a half, 20-20, right? Mm -hmm. It was a, a tight game. And San Fran's got the ball. Then the coach, of course, is making decisions. And the young coach, great coach. I mean, just saying, because he only get better. But at that, I'm just talking about this moment. Mm-hmm. He decides to go conservative. Yep. Would he have gone conservative if it was just another game? Probably not. Mm -hmm. And he goes conservative. He's got three timeouts. He's got a minute 45 left. I mean, Tom Brady goes up and down the field about eight times with a minute 45 left, right? Or, or any of these uh, other great quarterbacks that we've seen win the Super Bowl. Yeah, the Bowl. quarterback did or do that coaches. to Patrick or, Mahomes. Or, or you think Belichick <clears throat> is going to go into a locker room? All right, boys, let's take it into the locker room now oh. with three timeouts oh. left and a minute 45 left. Come on, boys. We'll, we'll get them in the second half. No, no, no. There's a minute 45 left. If you score now, you've got the momentum of the game. Mm -hmm. Maybe that changes the whole game. And they're getting the ball to start the you second me, half. Can, you with what I'm saying? Yeah. You're getting the ball and you and you score and you get the ball to, to to start the second half. The momentum you have, it might be a game changer. Mm -hmm. But 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 it's, but that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about what he would normally do. Normally, you probably you use those timeouts. So he doesn't use the timeout. The clock ticks, 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 ticks. And then all of a sudden, they hit a couple of big plays, and they're moving the ball, but they didn't ever call. Now they're going to call timeout, yep. but now there's like 20 seconds left, or whatever it was. And then they get a penalty that came into yeah. play, all that. But I'm just saying, I'm not accusing anyone of choking. I'm just making a point here about life, about that moment. That could have changed the course of the whole game. For me, there was a, there was a million things. I mean... Andy Reid did a magnificent job calling a game offensively. Unbelievable. Uh, but uh, there's so many different parts of the game. 
But I'm just saying for me, that, that might have been the biggest part, the most important turning point of the game where nobody even really thought about yeah. it. And, and then, of course, what happens? In the fourth quarter, and listen, you could probably say Andy Reid was being a little conservative, but in the fourth quarter, what does he do? He opens it up. Mm-hmm. He opens it And now look, you guys out there say, Teddy, stick the box in your box and expert. But I, I'm just saying I know pressure. I know, I know about the, the realm of that, whether it's football or whether it's boxing or whether it's a teacher in the classroom in a different situation with somebody watching for the first time. Does she teach differently? So uh, I'm just saying, the, I just thought that that should be brought up. And I understand, look, the better quarterback was on the cheek. I get all that. I get all that. I do. But at the end of the day, it was a tight game. There was a minute 45 left in the first half. I'm probably getting some people going, yeah, you're right, Teddy. I, 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 I freaking had him too, and I, and I, I, had, the un, I had the over. Mm-hmm. and we could, <laughs> I'm not trying to rile you up. Just talking about what we talk about over here. And we cross over. It's all things that have to do with pressure. That's what we talk about, pressure. Well, I can tell you why Moments. they didn't score at the end of the, second half, at, at the, end of the first half, because I bet on the 49ers. See, that was Kiss the X death. factor. Kiss see, of that, death. The, the mush factor. Yep. See that? Yep. See, that's Now it makes sense. Wow. Well, that's powerful. <laughs> wow. Terrible day for me. Sorry, I apologize <laughs> to all the San Fran fans out there. I, I gave really, you the kiss I, of death. I really do. Bill, I apologize <laughs> to you. And um, we'll try to make up for it down the road. Yeah. Well, let's get into some, uh, we'll get into some boxing picks, but uh, let's get into the fight action. Uh, a couple fights this past week. Uh, let's start with the main event on the the uh, zone card: Demetrius Andre against Luke Keeler. One-sided fight on paper. I just want to quickly point out to you the odds on the last ten fights that Andre had since he fought Venus Martrosian. Uh, the odds were on his last ten fights: minus twenty-five hundred, minus two thousand, minus sixteen hundred, minus three thousand, minus thirty-three hundred, minus sixteen hundred, minus ten thousand, minus five thousand, minus eight fifty, and against Keeler he was minus five thousand. That's a problem. I know the guy's style makes it difficult for him to get matches because he's hard to look good against. He's very slick, very athletic, very defensive, but they're not gonna take no, it's worse than that. Uh, well, not worse, but it's boxing. It's what it is. They're not gonna take really chances. They they're gonna give layups out when they can, when they control, when the promoters control everything. It's not just this network or this organization. It's everybody. They're they're gonna give layups when they can and uh Wait until there's something really on the line, you know, and in, in their world, making an 80-20 fight, a 90-10 fight, you know, 90%, 10%, yeah. 80%, 20%. I know it's not right to the fans, and I know, I get it, and I've been fighting on ESPN about it and got myself in all kinds of hot water about it, um, trying to bring, doing the best we could. But um, at the end of the day, you know, they're going to, they're not going to, really take a risk until there's a fight that they feel is uh, is worth the risk. You know, it's kind of like, again, I go into movies. It's kind of like the movie Heat with Robert De Niro. He said, you, you want to do this one? It's worth the risk. <laughs> you want to do this one? You know, you just got out of the can. Yeah. You do, it's worth the risk. And, and so it's kind of, it's a little bit like, listen, getting down to the fight, um, 
you said it right. I mean, there was only one guy in the ring. It looked like two guys. See, that's where we play tricks on you in boxing. It looked like there were two people in the ring, right? Didn't it look like there were two people in the ring? No, there was only one. And we, and we talk reality here. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people aren't used to it. They say, oh, my God. I, I've got people come up to me now. And they, they watch the podcast. They go, gee, you guys, wow. You guys say things that, <laughs> I said, well, we just say what we're. That's why you don't see us on the press row in the front row. We're supposed to be saying, (laughs) you know? I mean, really, at the end of the day, it still should be about the truth. And, um, you know, I know it's hard. You look at the politics now and you look at everything in the world and then say, the truth, what is it? What is it? Like, where'd it go? Where'd it go? You know, where where did you go, Joe DiMaggio? (laughs) You know? And, um, but there's one guy in the ring. I mean, I, theoretically, anything could happen in a great sport of boxing. Mm. Yes yeah, or no? Yeah. You know, guy still got to be up to punch. Yeah. Guy still got to, you know what I mean? Have a certain level of something, and um, and the, and the storm has to be the. There has to be a perfect storm of things mm-hmm. that have to happen that the stars line up. But th- there was only one guy who was going to win this fight, obviously, and you just put all the facts out there in a really good way. Andrade started uh, very fast. Now, I'm making no excuses for him. But sometimes when you drop a guy, like he dropped him in like a half a second, mm-hmm. right at the beginning. Sometimes when you drop him with his left hand from the southpaw position, because that can be the power hand, just like the right hand can be for an orthodox fighter, where you're getting your back into it, you're turning into it, you're getting all your power into it. When that happens that fast, sometimes it screws you up. I know it sounds funny, but sometimes oh, it's an easy night. He, he already thought it was going to be an easy night. That's that's yeah. that's face this. He knew what he was fighting, and that it was a layup, maybe a slam dunk, whatever. And so now you drop the guy and you say, ah, oh, the fight. So you know this is going to be an easy night, and you can't get yourself into the place that you should always be in as a professional in any realm of anything where you're doing things fundamentally right, you're still doing things that are the proper things to do, whether you got an easy night or not an easy night. You're doing things right. And you can't you can't get yourself back to where you need to get yourself back. The horse is out of the barn. Mm-hmm. It's going to be an easy night. I'm just going to land a punch, that's it. I'm just going to... But you still got a professional fighter of a certain level. Yeah. And funny you that, you know what, if you just throw a punch from four blocks away, <laughs> he's going to get a cab. Yeah. <laughs> cab! Get me out of here before yeah. this punch comes. See, it's coming. Yeah, it's down on Thirty Third Street now. Let's get out of here. So, I think that part of that happened, and the end result, the byproduct of it, was that Andre didn't look good. He was sloppy. Mm-hmm. He was. He looked strong and physical, and obviously he was the better talent, and he was in with an overmatched opponent, which was the plan. But he. He really looked sloppy, even amateurish, mm-hmm. amateurish in spots yeah. where he was just reaching in with one pump because that was on his mind. It, it happened, so he figured, okay, it's really going to happen. So he couldn't make that adjustment back to where you should be as a professional, where you do it the right way. You mm-hmm. still use the jab, you still set it up, you still use some trickery, you still use the experience that should be used to do it. Mm-hmm. No, I'm, uh, I'm just, I landed a punch in two seconds, I'm going to land another one. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to throw it. And he was, he, it showed, he was out of control, he was sloppy. Um, 
he didn't look good. To the credit of the other guy, give him credit. He showed guts. Mm -hmm. Maybe a little, maybe a little awkward cleverness. Uh, you know, once once he got hurt, uh, you know, it's hard to catch a guy if he if he's just trying to survive more than he's trying to win. Yeah. Uh, but you're not helping yourself any. Andre was not helping himself any by the way he was approaching it. And and part of it for me to break it down is Andre's. Andrade's, Andrade's style is always, your style, your physical style is always connected to your mental temperament. Mm -hmm. Never forget that. It's always, they're connected. It's, you know, it's like trains going down a track. But don't forget, those trains are connected to, to the lead train, to the engineer train, to the motor train. They're not trains on their own. They're connected to same thing. The body's really not on its own. It's connected to this, mm -hmm. and it does what this does, and it does what this says, and it does what this feels. And your temperament is your temperament. Andrade is is a careful guy. He's a cautious guy. He's more set up. He's long. He's rangy. He's got those long arms. He's he's got good physical ability. He's athletic. He had a great amateur background. He was an Olympian. He's got all those things going for him. He's got talent. But his, the engine, the lead train, is to be careful. Mm -hmm. It's not to go get you. He went, he went outside himself by going right after him, partly because he knew what he had in front of him. So he went right. It worked. And then he couldn't, like I said, he couldn't get it back. Like he couldn't get it where he could calm it down. He was just kept chucking. Yep. And he went against his natural style. He, he was out of sorts to begin with because his natural style is to set traps. You know, he's an awkward guy himself, to be quite frank. He, he's defensive-minded. It's, it's to get things done that way. And he was forcing the issue. He was forcing the issue. I had to feel it all night. This is a guy that is like sitting at the dinner table, you know, forcing the food down. Mm -hmm. He's not enjoying it. Yeah. <laughs> he's just he's just shoving it down. And and it it showed. And it showed and like I said, he you know he he wasn't he just at the end of the day he got it done. Obviously he finally got rid of the guy. Uh I caught the guy, he missed a lot of punches look didn't look great he he didn't do anything to really mark himself as the top middleweight he's better than that but he didn't show it that night you know i'm sure the charlos uh i'm sure the billy smith saunders i'm sure that they were triple g canelo yeah they're all there. i'm sure all those guys were were kind of Bullied a little, bullied, boasted a little bit by that performance, saying, "Hey, you know, maybe I'd like to get a hold of this guy." Where before I was a little bit more, more resident, resident, uh, resistant, if you will, to that idea. Mm -hmm. You know, and now, now it might make more sense. You know, he, he doesn't can get fooled by that yeah, trap. Well, no, I know, but frequently. he doesn't look like the big bad wolf as much. You know, in some ways, not against that guy. <laughs> Because of the way that it played out, the way I exactly. think we just broke it down, yeah. um, that it did play out. Yep. Well, there was certainly a lot of entertainment on the undercard of that event. Um, two fights before that, we had Jojo Diaz and Tevin Farmer 
which was a barn burner of a fight. Jojo Diaz suffering as bad a cut as you'll see in the second round from an accidental headbutt. I, to be honest with you, I was shocked that the ref continued to let the fight go. It was almost like he could see out of his um, eyelid it was cut so bad. And um, it was interesting to see him react to, the, react to that cut and kind of dig down uh, versus what happened with J-Rock Williams the week before who got a cut and seemed to be very bothered by it and almost came apart and like lost sight of the mission at hand and cost him his title, whereas Jojo Diaz almost seemed to embrace the cut and the adversity and picked it up he bullied tevin farmer all night i thought he won almost every round and he literally just bullied him and beat him up all night he was roughhousing him every chance he got um ref let a lot of the stuff go um what, what were your thoughts on that one? First of all the cup man should get a probably a little bonus oh hell yeah pretty bad cut very bad and um to his credit you said it well i mean you can't say it any better he, he kept him you know you forgot all about the cut in some ways. Yeah. Except when they showed a shot of it, it looked pretty rough, you know. And remember, it happened in the second round. So, I mean, he was dealing with that for 10 full rounds. Incredible action. Yeah, I mean, again, uh, I was surprised. I picked Farmer to win. Yep. Again, we we really do have to be truthful. <laughs> really do. You got to live by the yep. stuff that you, that you demand from people. But... Farmer, for me, no excuses. Diaz won the fight. He carried the fight. He carried the fight offensively. He carried the fight with energy, um, with his commitment to carrying the fight, to being a boss. He looked like the meaner of the two. I mean, he was bullying him. Neither guy can really break an egg in punching power, in real punching power. Diaz a little better. Mm -hmm. Farmer couldn't squash a grape in a food fight mm-hmm. but Diaz just a little bit more physicality to him yeah a little more physical he's not a big punch either but more physicality to him and two southpaws so they negated each other a little bit that way where Farman maybe normally the champion has a edge uh that way being a southpaw and it just looked like Farmer it kind of looked like one of those Macy Day, Thanksgiving Day floats on the Macy's Parade. Macy's Parade, um, I think they still do it. At Thanksgiving in New York, they have this giant parade and you have the the floats out there. You got, you know, Mickey Mouse and Goofy and all these different... I don't know if you ever took your kids. When, when mine were little, I took them to the, to the Thanksgiving Day Parade. It was a big deal on the floats. And they're they're up there and all expanded and everything. And Farmer looked like one that didn't have enough air in it. <laughs> he he looked like he didn't show up with his normal fire. Is that fair? Oh yeah. He he didn't. He's known as a I, he can't break an egg. He's known as a boxer, as a slickster from Philly, and he got there the hard way. He had you know, four losses, whatever. And um, I think he even got stopped twice. And give him all the credit in the world. He, he learned how to fight and he got up there and he got to the pinnacle of the sport and he won the world title. And give him all the credit in the world. And he's a kid that's easy to cheer for because of that. But he's got to be more than just a slick guy. He's got to fight with an energy. He didn't fight with an offensive energy. He, he looked like the float with not enough air in it. 
and it showed. The other guy was afloat with air in it. Mm -hmm. The other guy fought with that energy. You want to call it determination? Go ahead. The farmer was still determined, uh, so I won't use that. I won't go down that alleyway. But he didn't fight. He didn't fight with with the fire, and the offense didn't match the defense. You know, he's known as a slick guy, but he's also known as a guy who, you know, when he makes you miss, he hits you. Yeah. So he'll keep you more defensive, where his defense doesn't have to be tested every second. His defense was tested a lot more on this given night because his offense wasn't there. Mm -hmm. It wasn't there enough. So Diaz had more opportunities. And listen, Diaz came prepared. He came with a good fight plan. He went to the body. He used the jab. You know, he... he as I said, he pushed the fight. He was in control of the, of the tempo of the fight uh, all night long. Uh, he, he, didn't, he acted like a, behaved like a champion, behaved like a professional by not letting the cut bother him. Behave the way you want a guy to behave, you know, in those kind of circumstances. And the third one is the charm sometimes. This was his third shot at the Apple, his third shot at a world title was the charm. And, and that experience paid off for him. Failing two times can make you a winner mm -hmm. because you know what you were so close to. You know what you don't want to leave with this time. You know what it takes to make sure you don't leave with that belt. You understand what it feels afterwards and you don't want to feel that. There's nothing better than the reaction watching someone like the reaction of Jojo Diaz or an Andrew Canzio or a J-Rock when he won the belts when they're so overcome with emotions that they're like, holy crap, I'm at the, I did it. I, I'm at the summit. I, I reached the mountaintop. I've done it. And the great ones aren't comfortable just staying there. But that feeling of when you get those belts, I love watching that reaction. The reaction of him coming out of the ring just full of enthusiasm, like not sure if he wants to laugh or cry. Like I can't get enough of that. Well, that's what the sport, one of the great parts of the sport. And there's no doubt about that. And remember, he was a favorite farmer. But remember Diaz... I just said it, he, he had fought and came up short twice for the world title, so he already been on that stage, he knew what it felt like. That can be an advantage. And this is a guy who was a top amateur, he was an Olympian. Yeah. You can never count out an Olympian. You can't count out a guy, probably, well, when you're an Olympian, most of those guys have 150, 200 fights, sometimes they got like Lomachenko 400 fights or Triple G 400 yeah. fights, but whatever. But you can never count out an Olympian with that kind of pedigree, with that kind of experience, with that kind of success. That's and a good point. You can't. You can't. People underestimate because in, 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 pro, in, in the pro ranks, you know yourself, you can protect a fighter and build his record up in a in strategic way, right? In the amateurs, if you're on the U.S. Olympic team, you haven't faked your way through it. You have fought the best guys to get there in an elimination tournament. There is no faking your way through it. And it's I had like, one other thing in. I had one other thing. You've dealt with every style on the planet. You have to. And, and everyone said, oh, the style of farm, me included. Um, take me away in handcuffs. <laughs> you know, the part of why Farmer was a favorite, because he was a champion, but was that he was a difficult style. Mm -hmm. and But again, Diaz had dealt with all the styles before. In this fight, because of his pedigree, because of his background, what you're just talking about with the amateurs, but in this fight, he wasn't as slick. He didn't fight with the fire, with the offense didn't match the defense, Farmer being he. And he stood right in front of Diaz, 
And yeah, he was moving his head, but his hands, some of the sloppiness, some of the things that hadn't been brought out exposed before, like his lack of discipline with his hand placement. The hands are down when he's moving his head. He was getting caught where in the past he would make a miss. Now when he got caught, he got caught clean. He was getting caught a lot of clean punches. And quite frankly, he didn't make any adjustments. Like he kept slipping to his left side, this side over here. Yep. He kept slipping over here with his right hand down and kept eating left hands because he's in the lane of the left hand. Look, here's the left. And he kept getting hit with that punch. I know he got hit in the body. I know, I know all the things that Diaz did. I saw it too. But he kept hitting them. It's no excuse for that. That's got to be corrected. And that's a habit that obviously to the credit of Diaz, they picked it up on film. And Farman had never corrected, never really paid a price for it recently. And all night long, he had no answer. He kept getting hit with that left hand from the Southpaw Diaz. And so all of those all of those things uh, came into play. And at the end of the day, you know, Farmer, a guy who was known, again, known for being really, you know, a cutie in there, mm-hmm. um, he wasn't so much that... that uh, the, he wasn't that girl with the curl. That's yeah, a good yeah, description, yeah. cutie. I was watching the fight with my oldest son, who's eight, and he said to me, "Dad, the uh, the the Mexican kid is bullying that other guy. He's much more. He's much meaner than the other guy." And that's exactly what I was. The seeing. boss, yeah, pushing him around. One other thing I want to add yeah, to it. I want to finish with it. Having said all of that, Farmer, especially, I think both of them to a certain degree. But of course, Diaz was the man. He was the boss. He deserves the title. He got the title. He grabbed the title. But Farmer was only fighting in spurts. And both of them were fighting in spurts. And I couldn't call it a great fight. I'll tell you why. Uh, a lot of people, a few people said to me, oh, Ted, it was a great fight. I said, no, it wasn't a great fight. And and it was a great accomplishment for Diaz and everything else. And it always is, like you described before, perfectly when someone does something special like winning a world title. But it couldn't be a great fight. There was too much holding and grabbing. Mm. There was too much clinching. There was a lot of holding, a lot of clinching going on all night, and it was sporadic offense. It was offense, but in spots. Mm -hmm. And of course, again, it was missing the the gunpowder, you know, the, the, the big pop. But the consistency of it kept getting broken up with tying up with, grabbing on the inside and there was just too much of that to be a great fight yeah it was an efficient effective fight for diaz and a winning fight yeah be interesting to see where he goes from here there's a lot of uh good competition in that weight division um in the news this week uh also i'm sure you've seen the video clips it's been uh much debated on um twitter i shouldn't say much debated but basically just a pile on on tank davis um Caught on video grabbing his, I don't I don't think it's his wife, but it's definitely the mother of his children went over. It's a like, woman. Yeah, it's a woman. And and he, isn't that enough? Yep. And in the video, if you haven't seen it, he walks over and snatches her up by her collar, but much the way you would grab a man before you would punch him in the face. It was just way too aggressive to be grabbing anyone, especially a woman. And um, needless to say, he's getting destroyed on social media, rightfully so. Um I know you've seen the video. Curious to hear your thoughts. Listen, I'm going to go one route with this. People need to know how they need to behave as human beings. So I'm not going to go down that road. 
people are responsible for their own behaviors. I'm going to just go down the road of this for me. I, mean, I care about all those things. But this again, again, it's, it's wrong. But the part I'm going to talk about right here is that this again speaks to what I have spoken of and I've called for in boxing forever. Whether here on this show or 23 years on ESPN, a national commission as there is in other sports, not only to handle corrupt and incompetent judges and decisions, but to handle behavior in a sport where being a professional fighter is a privilege. Being an NFL player, an NBA player, an MLB player, it's a privilege. Yeah, you got the talent. Yeah, you work your backside off. I salute you for that. It's a privilege to be able to make that kind of money, to have fans come up to you, to be, to watch you, to care about what you do. And these great fans out there, they, they care about these guys. They get, just like they get attached to the football players and the teams I talked about before. I've, I started the show by congratulating you guys for the race, but also congratulating the Kansas City fans who, who for 50 years, they, they invest something. Mm-hmm. The fans invest something in these guys. So it's not just... It's a privilege. You have a, you have a responsibility with that privilege. You have a responsibility as a human being first, as a man, as a person, as a human being. You have a responsibility of how you act, how you behave. But, but now you're in on top of it. You're in the spotlight. It's a again. It's a you're making millions of dollars. Yeah, it's because of your talent. Yeah, it's because of your hard work. Yeah, it's because of your power. Yeah, it's helped by your promoters and the people that pick the fights and that uh, that do the job that they do for you. But at the end of the day, it's, it's a privilege to be given that forum, that opportunity, all those things. There's a lot of talented people out there. Unfortunately, you know, I mean, I, I give them credit for having discipline and to, to go in the gym and to do what they... But there's been a lot of people out there that had the talent. They, they didn't get that... They didn't get that break. They didn't get that help. They didn't get that opportunity. It's still a, it's a, you're privileged to be in that position for all the things I just described, all of it. And there's a responsibility that goes with that. And in all the other sports, there's a national commission to make sure that that's understood, to make sure that's respected, to make sure that the integrity of the sport is not damaged. You know, I, I I go, it's not only the job of the commission, when you see these national commissions, you know, to make sure that there's no, there, there's no illegitimacy in the sport as far as the, the judging of the sport or the, you know, the, the, the integrity of the sport, uh, there can't be. There can't be any tint of gambling or where somebody could be doing something and fixing the game. They get, if there is, baseball gets rid of the guys. They got rid of Pete Rose because of that. Yeah. Wouldn't, uh, greatest, uh, greatest average, uh, the great, most hits in the history of the game. But he's gone. Yep. Uh, they don't play around because you can't lose the integrity of the game. And there's a national commission to make sure that doesn't happen, to make sure that there's no cheating in the game. To make sure that, you know, look what they just did to the Houston Astros. 
I mean, what they just did to that team, what they did to all those players associated with the stealing of signs. I mean, right? It's shocking to me. The National Commission came right down, but they came right down and they acted. I know they're not perfect, but they acted on it because they're in place for that. They're in place. There's there's a watchtower. There's no watchtower in boxing. And so what I'm saying is everyone thinks that I want a National Commission, you know, obviously to make sure that judges don't destroy the sport. They don't destroy a, a fighter's life by given a corrupt decision, mm-hmm. an incompetent decision. Either way, it's wrong. And we've seen it forever, forever. Where, And then what happens? There's no national commission, so where's the accountability? Where, where is the punishment? Where, where is somebody held their feet to the fire? The next week, they're, they're judging again. The same judge that you know that it was something awful, but they're judging again because there's no national... But, in baseball, I know it's not perfect, but in baseball and football and all the other major sports, there's a commission to do something about that. And not only about that part, but if there was a national commission, which I've cried for for years, they would handle what you're talking about with Davis right now. They would handle it immediately. There was a running back in the NFL some years ago named Ray Rice. Do mm-hmm. you remember him? Oh, my God. He was the Baltimore one of the, Ravens? He was one of the best running backs in, in the league at the time. Yes. Well, maybe one of the best one or two in the league. And he did something horrible. Horrible. I mean, oh he my God. He should be in prison. Uh, horrible. And listen, it was much worse than what we saw with Davis. I get it. Uh, it was. Only because they had a camera on him but, in the elevator. But, I'll guarantee you with a camera behind closed doors, if you're snatching your girl that's what up I'm saying. like that in we front don't know. of people. What I'm saying, if you're doing that, we don't know what else you're doing. And there it is. So Tank has been arrested yeah, for... Uh, so apparently he brought her into the bathroom and whacked her around. See, and listen, this is a, here, this here's is a the problem. point. Let me, here's, let me finish where I was going yeah, with this. Sorry. No, no, you're not... It's nothing to be sorry about. Here's where I'm going with this. Yeah. If you have a national commission, Rice, Ray, Ray Rice, who got caught, it was terrible. I mean, you don't even like to talk about it, to be honest. It's what he, what he did in the elevator with the girl and his fiance at the time. And the, the national commission, of the commission, well, they had to. Of course, it was public when they saw it. But what did they do? Immediately suspended him. The, the team dropped him. And he was out of football. I don't he had, think he's played again, has no, he? No, he never played again. No. Ken, that's the point. He never, his career was taken. That privilege was taken away from him. He lost the privilege. He, had, he didn't lose his talent. He lost the privilege to play that game and get paid for it at that level. And he got suspended by the Ravens, and then he got let go by the Ravens. And he never, nobody picked him up. He was gone. His career was taken away because there was a national commission in place to to put out such punishment, to, to make sure there were rules, that there was accountability, there was culpability uh, to such behavior, that, that, there was, that there's a standard of behavior that is demanded. And if not, uh, there's a price to pay. This is the point I'm making. If, he was in, if there was a national commission, all I'm saying is he'd be out of the game right now. He'd be out of boxing. He'd be suspended. What are these commissions going to do? They're a joke. 
No, they really are. I hate to say it, but these commissions are a joke. So half of them in the pocket of a promoter and somehow, or they're beholden to somebody, but, you know, in, in one way or another. They're omnipotent. Just it's, look what they did when he missed the weight at the weigh-in. I mean, it's a joke. There's so many things we could talk about. We, we need 400 shows yeah. to cover them all. But what I'm saying with something serious like this is that it comes back to needing needing that police force, needing accountability, ne- needing that, that national commission, needing that, that watchtower that watches over the behavior of people in the sport that have given the privilege to be in the sport. And like I said about Ray Rice and even now Antonio Brown, the great receiver, tremendous receiver. Something's wrong with the guy. Clearly. But, but the, the tremendous receiver, what, he's, got a, he's got a domestic thing going on with sexual harassment. What did the league do? They suspended him. Mm-hmm. He's out of the league. He's never going to play ball again. Nope. I mean, here's a guy that is still in the prime of his career because he broke the rules. And there's a commission to make sure there was a price to pay. And you're that, talking that, the best that, receiver in the game. In the game. So what I'm saying is that that's what's missing in boxing. Yep. Is that you could talk all you want about theories and what should be done and what should, forget all that what would be done if you had a freaking commission instead of these stupid commissioners that do nothing if you had a national commission right now he'd be suspended until further notice until they looked at it further but he'd be suspended and a real suspension see boxing it's a joke when you yeah. want to play a game they suspend the guy for a year what is a year you fight these top guys fight once a year so you so if you spend the guy for a year you did nothing all you did was you you put window dressing up you made it look like you did something to get yourself off the hook but there's not the least of a suspension for a fighter for something serious has to be two years has to be someone to say i'll tell you you're being a little no i'm not no, in another sport, a year is a lot. I mean, for Gary but, Russell Jr. would only miss one fight. He's that, fought once that, a year for five years. So, so make it mean something. It would have to be at least two years. And not that Gary be, Russell Jr. has anything to do with this. No, He's just not at all. Yeah. But it has to be teeth with this thing. Teeth with this thing. Not just not not just a mockery, you know, uh, you know, stance that that just gets the keeps the wolves from the door of of people saying you didn't do nothing not just for the perception of it for the reality of it well, for the re- and again i'll finish it i know but it's so important it's never going to change because our sport is the one sport that there's no accountability to the judges to the fighters to anybody for misconduct in a real way i mean guys guys get caught on PEDs. What happens? That's what I was just going to tell you. So segue from Davis into big news this week. Big Baby Miller signs with Top Rank. The guy is like a convicted PED abuser, has not a leg to stand on in terms of defense. He tested positive for almost every substance but that I've mean, known but, of. But meanwhile, and now he's being the, celebrated. One of the networks needs heavyweights. They need heavyweights, right? So they so sign him up. So just to disregard the fact that the guy's cheating and... and uh, because there's there. no national commission. Yep. I can uh-huh. call him whatever I want to call him. Instead of national commission, no czar, no, no watchtower, no police force, no whatever. There's, there's no one. There's no one in charge. Another movie. <laughs> another movie was it was um it was Denzel Washington he was the numbers uh you had Bumpy Johnson the the famous infamous numbers guy numbers king up in Harlem 
ran all the numbers up there for years. Bumpy Johnson. Um, American Gangster. Oh, that was a Gangster. Good, good movie. That's what it was. Rob's the man. He's always mm-hmm. there for me. He always pulls me out. You know, pulls me out of that hole. And I'm not afraid to go in the hole because I know I'm going to get pulled right out. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right away. That's, that's my boy. That's him. So, <laughs> and, and, you know, he was uh, Bumpy. They were in a department store. They were on the street. Denzel was his guy. Yeah. And, uh, and Bumpy was the man, and they, were, they, all of a sudden, Bumpy started having a heart attack, and he's, you know, he's, he's grabbing, he's, and Denzel Washington sees that he's in distress, and he starts screaming for help. Come on, anybody here in this store? It was a big store. It was like Gimbel's or mm-hmm. Macy's or you know Bloomingdale's, whatever. And he said, "Where is everyone? I, I need help. Where is it? We got to do some." And Bumpy, who understood it, he just looks at him. He goes. It's nobody in charge. <laughs> nobody in charge. He says to Denzel. He says, there's, 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 there's nobody in charge. Nobody in charge. Yep. And and really, it's nobody in charge. I hate to say it. It saddens me. It does. Yeah. But there's no one in charge. And um, the only people in charge, like we're, we're doing our little piece to try to, you know, do what we can with this and, you guys probably the closest to being in charge that if you stood up like I told you a few weeks ago, you know, when you get a, something that you think is wrong and you, you you talk with your feet, you walk. It would be walk, nice to see someone walk. organize you know, like a po- movement. Like in the politics. Yeah. But but you walk or you, like you said, you start a movement or you call your assemblyman. And and you and you say, listen, I'm a big boxing fan. I've been a boxing fan forever, and you're my assemblyman. But you know these commissions are omnipotent. These commissions that come that that are run with taxpayer money, most of them, mm-hmm. uh, they're not doing nothing. They're not doing a job. They're not keeping the sport clean. They're not doing this. They're not doing that. Okay. There's and a commission on the state level. If there was even a, a small body of uh, a small team of people on a national level that all the states reported up to, if nothing else, just to unify the rules so that we're all on the same page, this rule has, this state has one set of rules, another state has another set of rules, and just uniform all the rules across the country, that would be a step in the right direction. But it would be nice to see someone start a movement to say you know what this guy so-and-so smacked his wife around we're not watching his fight we're not going to go to the fight we're not going to tune in and let them know vote with your feet anyway let's segue into um some of the upcoming action and we got some good ones and before we get into the um fury wilder discussion i just want to give a shout out to one of our um longtime sponsors my bookie mybookie.ag check them out there for all your um red gators You're welcome for the Red Gatorade donation. Um, use the promo code Atlas for 50% credit on your first deposit. Um, like I said, we use these guys extensively. Obviously, please bet responsibly. But if you are going to wager, they're a um, super efficient site. They've got a line on everything. Bet uh, like Kent bets, really. You can't go wrong. <laughs> bet 50 cents on the win, 50 cents on a draw, and a quarter on whether or not the referee is going to do the right thing. And if you sign up and show us evidence that you've signed up, I'll give you all my picks for a week free. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you might want to think about that. A little bit. I mean, One thing I want to talk to you before we get into this um, fight, speaking of heavyweights, I've been inundated with um, uh, messages on social media, text messages from people in the media, 
I want to just clear up one thing about Andy Ruiz, and I know we haven't spoken about this, and I, you don't you you don't know I'm going to ask you this, but just for the record, I know that you've told Steve Kim that you had a conversation with Andy and it, or, or his representatives, but I just want to clear the air well, because there there's so many. Else, it came out with somebody else too, and a good kid, a kid that was actually in the gym, but um, I think. Somebody told me today there was something mentioned on Fight News. One of you know, I, yeah. one, I don't even know which one so which, but it, it, there's nothing really. It's like I said, uh, you know, from the beginning, uh, there was a call asked me if uh, about the possibility of you know working with Andy from his people and and said that the next. If there was anything to figure out, it would be to come to New York and talk, mm-hmm. and um, and that's it. Nothing's happened since. So there's nothing. I I don't like to. You know, I I didn't really had very. I, I've had no comment on it. Uh, it's popping out different places because I confirmed that which was already out there. Mm-hmm. I guess somebody. I it doesn't matter to me. I don't know if it was. I guess it came from them, but somebody out there said that uh, we had talked, and then when I got a call, I, I don't lie. Right. I don't want to lie. I don't want people to lie to me. You know, your reputation is the one thing that you can control. That's right. A lot of things in life you can't, you know, but you can control your reputation, and it means a lot to me. So, you know, so I'm not going to lie. So when somebody said, did they call you? Yeah, you know, I, I could say no, and I'm not going to say no. That's a lie. Yep. So, um, but you know, you you give some courtesy to people that you think are decent people in the business, mm-hmm. which most of these guys are, and um, they're just trying to do their job. So you say, yeah, talk. But that said, we talked. Um, if it went, if it went to the next point, they would have to come to New. You know, it was understood that I would talk to them in New York. They would come and I would meet with them and just talk yeah. and and see for both sides what needs to be seen mm-hmm. for both sides mm-hmm. you know it's not a one-sided thing here but that's it there's nothing like i said there's i've had no comment on it uh there's really that's it there's mm-hmm. there's nothing else and i i feel awkward with it because i don't want to talk about it because there is nothing to talk right the noise is from you know other places but not from the place that matters mm-hmm which is them or me, and um, there's there's nothing there right now other than what's been reported is that yeah they made a phone call they reached out uh, the guy who reached out you know they did it in a very professional manner they uh, told him what I told him that if there was uh, to be able to see whether or not there was a possibility we would have to talk. Mm-hmm. And that would mean, you know, talking in New York. Uh, nothing's happened since then. There's nothing to report since then, you know. I don't know if there'll ever be anything to report, but right now there's not. Uh, and I never wanted the awkward part for me is I don't want to talk about something that uh, there's no reason to talk about. It. Right. Uh, like, uh, you know, I want to always respect the, the other side too that privacy uh, yeah that there's uh, there's nothing like I said it's not high because it's, it is just what was said mm-hmm. what I just said but 
I don't want to be caught up in a situation where I'm talking about, and I never talked about it on the show. It's been weeks, right? Oh, believe me, I, I know. I, I never talked about it on my own show. I know. Where maybe it would be helpful to, or people would like to hear it on our show, and it's our, our platform to to be able to control when I talk, and I don't talk to no one else. I only talk. I didn't. I, I answered their questions and never talked about it on our show. And that's why I wanted to ask you about it, and I knew that wasn't something that you necessarily wanted to talk about, which is oh. why I didn't discuss it with you beforehand. And the reason I didn't talk about it on our show is because, again, I never want to be like I'm... Like I'm not respecting somebody's privacy or, or like I'm trying to talk about something more than it should be talked about. Yep. And that's all I wanted to do was clear the air. So for those asking, they had a conversation months ago. There's nothing else to report. Anything to the contrary is speculation on their part. Enough about that. Let's get into Fury Wilder 2. Much anticipated. Huge money being spent on the uh, promo for this fight. I think they ran... At least the 30-second, maybe a full-minute ad, which was five, either $5.6 or $11 million for an ad during the Super Bowl. Now, granted, it was Fox production, so but it's still an ad that they didn't sell to someone else. So they're putting huge, huge money into this fight. I think it's going to do big numbers just because, again, it's a heavyweight fight. But I'd love to get your take on this, what you're expecting in terms of... Um, Everything the, from the styles, the rematch, what each fighter tries to change, what you're expecting in terms of viewership. Um, talk to me about what, what 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 you're most looking forward to in this one. Well, the way you just opened it is interesting. Is the right way to open it, I believe. There's two fights going on. There's two victory parties that are waiting to happen here. Um, two two separate ones. One is the two fighters, and the other is the promoters, the networks that they get the right number. Uh, the the you know ESPN put up $100 million or whatever the number was to sign up Fury. So now it's time to get your money back. So there's two parts to this fight. It's, it's the, and there always is. But in particular here, there's the part with you know the two networks, Fox and ESPN, the two promoters, Heyman, PPC, you know, and, uh, and, and Top Rank. So there's, there's that going on. And then there's the fight, and I can't help but use the way to go into it to go off the Super Bowl, because you touched on it in, in your own way, that adjustments. You know, usually if it's a competitive game in the Super Bowl, and which it just was, I mean, you can't get more competitive than 2020 halftime. It's the coach, it's the team that goes into halftime. How many times has Belichick separated himself by doing this and makes the adjustments looks right. at film they look at film because they have the ability to look at it right in the locker room of course and um i mean you could do anything nowadays with the sophistication of things i mean you could probably go to the moon while you're having a halftime that may be uh, belichick's uh, greatest greatest uh, attribute is his ability to adjust at halftime i think uh, it probably is and 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 then for a guy like brady to execute it yeah Right, I mean, you got to have somebody that, of course. that goes and executes. You got the general, you got MacArthur out there telling the troops what to do, and then you got to have those troops that go up that hill. Guys and, like Rob uh, Moore, yeah, young do, guys. Do yeah, see, you're ready to put him up the hill, right? <laughs> put him right out there. I'm gonna get him. We got to get the young guys out there leading to, the charge. I have to get him a Velcro vest if he's gonna <laughs> be hanging around you. So, <laughs> you know, so for me, it is a segue off of the Super Bowl. 
you know, you, you had two teams and you could probably make the argument that Andy Reid, at least in the fourth quarter, but Andy Reid made better adjustments mm-hmm. and, and they won. Uh, you could also say the talent, this and that, but the talent was pretty close, the quarterback difference. But still, you have to have a plan to properly deliver that talent, use that talent, uh, put that talent in the best position to win. And so now it is about halftime. It's halftime for the fighters. It is. And they're in the locker room and they... That's they a cool look, way to look at it. They're looking at film now and whoever makes the best adjustments is going to win this game, uh, win this fight. You know, yeah, I know it's the right hand that's hanging over you like a dark cloud ready to open up with uh, hail and, and, and snow and rain and everything else that that right hand of Wilder uh, can cause and, and bring havoc with it. But... It does come down to adjustments. Who makes, who makes those adjustments? Who makes the, the better adjustments? And so I went over and I looked at the tape to, you know, just refresh my memory. Before and, you give that, can I say one thing about the adjustments? It's yeah. interesting that imagine at halftime if the Super Bowl, in the middle of the game, at halftime one team decides change the whole coaching whole coaching staff bring in a new coach that's a good point. for fury so i'll be curious to see how that that's plays into your analogy yeah i mean yeah you got a new trainer is what you're saying for fury yeah but but still either way that that's his responsibility yeah, now. yeah for sure. so that guy has to look at tape mm-hmm. and he has to make adjustments so it's just for me now it's on him to make those adjustments that's all it's just that it switched over to him instead of the other guy yeah. and so i'm looking at the tape and one thing that struck me is that we thought of this fight, you know, it was a great, 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 great fight. But the reason we're here and the reason why Fury got $100 million is really one reason he got up. Yeah. <laughs> and, but before that, before the ninth and the 12th round, the two knockdowns, there wasn't really a bonfire going on. No. And there, was, there was a lot of posturing. There was a lot of... Um, Looking at each other, two big guys, huge, six nine, six huge. eight, and and you know uh, a lot of positioning going on, but nothing really landing, and not a lot of action. Not a, you know, they were at the AK Corral, you know, with the <laughs> with the pistols out of the holsters. OK Corral. Oh, I'm sorry, OK Corral. <laughs> So that's why you're, you're okay. Thank you, Ken. I always knew you were okay. And they were at the OK Corral. And what did I call it? The AK. AK. Okay. AK. Yeah. You got Rob out in the front line no. with his AK-47. Yeah, yeah he's, looking at, he's looking to say AK Corral. AK Corral. Rob, it's no AK Corral. Thank you, though, for your effort. And Ken jumped in there and he saved the day. So you're at the OK Corral and the the pencil's out of the holsters, but the shooting didn't start. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, the shooting really didn't start to the ninth round. That's when the shooting started. And then, of course, we just remember that. And we remember what, and I, again, that's why we're here, because of what happened then. But before that, they were just out there, and the, the guns never came out of the holsters. They were again. There was shooting, but nobody was nobody was getting hit. There was a lot of missing. Uh, there was a lot of sloppiness on Wilder's part. You know, throwing haymakers, corkscrews, crooked right hands, everything. I know one of them finally landed in ninth behind the ear. You know, one of those looping shots, but they weren't landing for nine rounds. And again, it wasn't. 
to throw in Manila. And I'm looking at it and I'm saying, wow. We, we, we obviously forget all that when we get what we got in the ninth round. Mm-hmm. That all, we forgot all about That's that. That's a good point. And it was in some ways, you know, almost like what the magic that Sugar Ray Leonard pulled off in some ways in the Marvin Hagler fight where all we remembered was the last minute of the rounds. Mm-hmm. That Hagler might have been winning. It was a close fight. Mm-hmm. And both of them are great fighters and have all my respect uh, as great fighters that could fit in in any era. That's how great they were. Uh, Leonard's always been one of my favorites and Hagler too. But in that fight where Leonard was smart enough to grab the last minute, the last 30 seconds of a round where it made you forget about the first two mm-hmm. minutes or made the judges maybe yeah. forget about the first two, two and a half minutes. And the same thing here. The, the last couple rounds made you forget about what didn't happen. What didn't happen. You know, Sugar Ray Leonard made you forget about what happened. He made you forget about what Hagler did for two and a half minutes and by grabbing the spotlight and grabbing your attention the last minute, the last 30 seconds. But those bombs, those two right hands in the ninth and 12th round made you forget what didn't happen. Right. And I remembered it by watching it again. Say, wow, this was not a scintillating fight. And so when I looked at it, that's the first thing that struck me. But Fury and, hasn't been in a lot of titillating fights ever. No, His fights no, because, aren't well, exciting. He's probably the best technical f- heavyweight out there right mm-hmm. now, and the other guy's the best puncher. Yep. Maybe the best puncher, I've said it, yep. maybe the best puncher in the history of the heavyweight division for one punch. Yeah. You know, Tyson was better with either hand. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Joe Lewis was better with either hand. Max Schmeling was great with the right hand. Ernie Chavis was great with the right hand. Tefilio Stevenson was great, the great three-time Olympian from uh, the amateurs, Olympic uh, champion from Cuba, never got to fight professional because he was over in Cuba with Castro, communist country. But um, all those guys, tremendous, tremendous. But for one punch, one hand, I think Wilder's maybe the best. Yeah. And so you got the great punch, you got the best technical fighter. and But again... I'm watching it, and I'm saying, "Gee, everyone said this, you know, was the, you know, the fight of all fights, and that's why they're getting the big money again, and that's why ESPN signed up." But he, they signed him up because he got up, mm-hmm. not because of the action up of to course. that point. Up to that point, because when I was watching, you know what? Again, I'm going to pull a movie because I know you want me to. Mm-hmm. I, I'm going to pull a movie out, Jaws, and I know <laughs> Rob's going to get it up there. Uh, the the first Jaws. Now that that movie. I mean, that grabs you. I mean, that's got your heart in your throat. I mean, that, that suspense and yeah. everything you want in a great fight, right? It's got everything. But at the beginning, when they were out in the ocean alone and they had those buoys out there into the shark and they were waiting, there was no action. Mm-hmm. It was a calm sea. It was three guys on a boat, right? And you saw the buoys out there and... They were, they were just stagnant. They were just laying on top of the ocean. But yet there was tension. There was anticipation. Mm-hmm. That, that's what this fight, that's what it brought, was when will that right hand land? When, mm-hmm. will, when will that boy, boom, when will it go down? When will that, that 4,000 pound shark or whatever the freak he was, 40 foot <laughs> shark, when, mechanical monster, when, <laughs> when will that boy suddenly drop? So you're watching, you're watching a placid 
ocean top, no action, a bunch of yellow buoys out there floating around. Like, what the frick are you watching? <laughs> really? You're standing there. What are you watching? But again, it's what you're anticipating. That's what's got you. That at any minute it could, at any, it could move. That's what this fight kind of was about when I was watching. The anticipation of one world land. When will it land? When will we get hit? When when will that happen? And that's what got you through those those first rounds where f- until finally in Jaws the shark's head came out of mm-hmm. the wall. And then you then you you knew why you were watching. That's why I'm watching. That's the reason I'm watching. The shark's head came out while he was putting the food out there and almost took his arm off. <laughs> and he said, We need a bigger boat. Yep. That's what you were waiting for. And you had and, to wait 12 rounds and you had for the to, big one. You had to wait, really, nine rounds, you know, until you got to that. And that's what this fight, and that's why they could sell the sequel to Jaws, because you knew what you were getting. You knew what you were going to buy the second time. You're, you're buying that shark. And you're buying the same thing here to see if he's going to get up again. There's, there's really three parts of this fight now that they're selling. They're selling, can he outbox him? Fury outbox him again? Can he outbox him again? Can he do it? all night this time without getting caught and can he get up again if he gets caught and there's a fourth part of course the fourth part is the promoters part of the fight can they get at least a million because they need a million at least a million pay-per-view from what i understand the the smart guys at esp and the guys that put all the money on you know they're thinking you know you want uh, they think it two million Two, if it's two million, wow! You know, mm-hmm. it's it's draws in a movie theater. You know, it's a it's a hit. It's a it's an Oscar. But um, you got to have at least a million to get to that. You know, to get to shore, right? To get yeah. back to shore, you don't get left out of the sea <laughs> because you put a hundred million dollars into the damn thing, yep. right? And what are you left with? A paddle? <laughs> Come on, hundred million bucks! You better get more than a freaking paddle, right? Yep. And and a goldfish. A bowl with a goldfish. You got a goldfish at all? You got a goldfish. Gold you do you? Like my bets, the uh, the goldfish don't last very long. Oh, oh, <laughs> all right. So here, so it's got to be a million. I'm thinking a million and a half would be tremendous. Mm-hmm. Would be tremendous. But what they got going for them, just like the fight has the right hand of Wilder going for it, the shark, right? What you know, what they got going for them, the promoters, what they got going in there, you know, is that. They were able to put advertising out. You said it at the top during the Super Bowl, the most watched event in the universe. Yeah. So they got everything going for them. They better do good numbers. <laughs> I mean, they they put the money out, but they they got the they put it out at the right time. So this fight comes down to who makes the adjustments at halftime, right? So here it is. Before you Fury. give your before you no, give no, your not prediction, prediction. Right. I'm just going to break it down. Give me a warning before yeah. you give it. I'm not going to give it. I'll wait for you All to right. tell me. It's going to go where it's going to be. Down. Of course, it comes to the right hand. Mm-hmm. Uh, can he land that right hand again? And so on the side, on the side of I'll go on Fury's side first. You you made a miss a lot. People forgot that because they look at the punch. That's why we're here, because of the ones that landed, not yep. because of the ones that missed. Mm-hmm. But he missed for nine rounds. For nine rounds, he made this guy miss. But you know that what he didn't do? Customato would say this. Teddy, he did the hard part. He didn't do the fun part. Yeah, He didn't hit him back enough. <laughs> you know what? 
I mean, it's kind of like having peanut butter. You like peanut butter? Yep. I, of course, it's got protein. Mm-hmm. And you're all about protein. You got to build those, <laughs> more, you know, for the race, for the next race. Well, it's kind of like peanut butter without jelly. What's the sense? <laughs> What's the sense, Ken? Yep. You got to have them together. And all night long, really, for me, I break it down. You know, I'm supposed to know what I'm looking at when I look at this stuff, right? That's why I did it for 20 years at ESPN and my training fighters for 40 years. Supposed to know something, I hope. I'm looking at him saying, he, he had the peanut butter, he's making a miss, but no jelly. He, he wasn't in them. How many times he stepped out at the right range, he being fury, and he made this guy fall in and look awkward and sloppy and everything else, and, but he didn't cash in. He didn't put the jelly with it. He didn't hit him. So for me, that's what it comes down to. You did the hard part, do the fun part, hit him more. Mm-hmm. Hit him more. Mm-hmm. When you step out with your jab at the right distance, you know, bop, bop, you step out and you make the guy fall in, right? You can make him fall in while he did it the first time. This time, count on him. Don't just make a miss. Don't don't just make a miss and then make show, you know, like, yeah. you know, I mean, guy, the only guy I don't mind doing that was Mayweather. Mayweather made me laugh when, I think it was against Madonna. Madonna threw a big wide punch at him, and, and Mayweather made a miss. I was there in the arena, and Mayweather, I think, I forget what I was there for, if I was, oh, I was there for ESPN, we were covering the fight, so for SportsCenter. So, anyway, Mayweather made a miss, and when he made a miss, Mayweather did this. <laughs> <laughs> like 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 the like he he went flying past. Yeah. It was kind of cool. He, he made a miss. Well, he went away. <laughs> and and so, but Fury can't do that. Uh, Floyd could do that, but you can't do that. You you gotta when, when you make a miss, pop pop pop. You gotta come back. Yep. So that's the one thing. That's the one thing that strikes me is that Fury Fury's got to do that. Uh, obviously, he's got to do that more. Um, there's other things to it. Uh, we're going to do a fight plan where the where the people will be... I don't know what will be first. This is the fight plan, I think. The yeah. fight plan will be posted next Monday on YouTube. So if you listen to the yeah. show only on podcast, please check out the YouTube thing. The Monday before the fight, we'll have a uh, full fight plan in ring with Teddy and I demonstrating what to look for from each guy. Yeah, so I, you'll see more... Obviously, you'll see more of that. Um, but that's one of the things for the adjustments at halftime. And then... For the other guy, Wilder, you know, so he doesn't get himself into that position where he needs the knockdowns to pull it out of the fire. Mm-hmm. Because that's what it's about with him now. Don't fall behind. Don't get behind April. Don't don't get behind. And I'm not so sure he was that far behind after I watched it the second time, to be quiet. Because, again, I said it. It was it was like watching uh, the Jaws where, where those boys won't. Uh, there wasn't no ripples in the water. Yeah. It wasn't much. But the perception was, the perception was that Fury, and this is interesting, but... Fury was winning because Wilder wasn't able to land. Just on that. Yeah. Just because he wasn't able to do, he was a big favorite. He wasn't able to land the TNT, so he must be winning. Because he's a big guy and he's agile and he's out. So we're giving him credit that he's winning. When you still got to hit the guy to be winning, you know? Yeah. So I think part of that was going on. There's no doubt in my mind. But at the end of the day, there's the, he was losing. On the scorecards, Wilder was losing and he came back with those knockdowns because mm-hmm. those knockdowns obviously turned it into a draw two ten eight rounds late in the fight so what does he have to do to make sure he's not in that precarious position needing 
a knockdown again. Well, first of all, straightening the right hand out might not be a bad idea, <laughs> you know. Right? Instead of a crooked punch or straight yep. punch, that's one thing. Using your jab, you got a long jab. Oh, my God. I mean, if he was here right now and you said something you don't like, he'd smack <laughs> you with his jab, and he'd hit you. I mean, that's how long his jab is. Oh, so, and he doesn't always use it that way. So use it. Use it. Lower it a little bit. Use it to the chest of Fury. Fury's going to move. Hit him in the chest so at least you stabilize him. You control what Fury can and can't do on the outside. Mm -hmm. That's a good idea. That's, that's one of the things you could do. But another thing is, Look at the film. Again, look at the film and see how many times you missed the right hand. You load it up, you throw it. Why? But what did the other guy do to make you miss? He slipped, not 80% of the time. Slip means move your head. Mm -hmm. He Not 80%, Ken. Not 90. Not 99. 100. That, that's predictability, buddy. 100% mm -hmm. of the time, Fury moved his head to the right. You can't let them get away with that again. If you if you call yourself a trainer, if you call yourself a, a, a professional fighter that picks up, I mean, Brady wouldn't even need Belichick to tell him. <laughs> he wouldn't even need him to tell him. I mean, uh, again, he's moving his head to one side, to the right, and you're missing the right hand. Sometimes the left, right. You're missing. You're going right past him. Mm -hmm. So what do you do? Same thing you do in a halftime uh, football game. You you got a team that is is stopping the run on one side. You do a reverse. Mm -hmm. you, you do a trick play you, you, you get them to get in a position where they think you're coming and you're going somewhere else you're doing something else that's what you do so what do you do the adjustment for Wilder instead of just throwing a naked cold uh, uh, and, and throwing that and, and he slips to the right you give a little faint you make him you give him a little faint uh, you make him move his head and again the fight plan is going to have it better yeah. but I'm, I'm just you make him move his head and when he moves his head over, now you shoot the right hand when he's there. Not, not, you don't go chasing his head. You move his head and you put his head where you want it and then you knock it off the block. <laughs> and that's, that's what you do. That's the level. That's the, that's the level we're talking about. That's the thing in going back just for a second in the Andrade fight that was a little disappointing with Keeler. He had the guy, this is a different level, but yeah. he had a guy that he was supposed to dominate. And then at the end of the day, he dominated. He knocked him out. But he didn't do it in the class way. He didn't do it in the yeah. sophisticated way he, where, the, where the class showed of it. He didn't do it in that way. That's what was missing. And yeah, he's got all the power in the world. He's got, he's got the hammer of Thor in his right hand but we want to see he's a heavyweight champion of the world we want to see the expertise and now getting a second run at it there's no excuse there's no excuse you, you gotta make those adjustments so now instead of just boom boom and missing huh, he moves his head bah! gotcha gotcha <laughs> and you know, to Wilder's and, credit every time he's had a rematch against someone who he's fought before he looked much better the second time yeah, I mean he was getting outboxed by Ortiz but my god when he caught him he caught Ortiz, him Ortiz by oh. the way uh, news info 41 years old yeah. when he fought him the second time I'm just saying allegedly that, but, but uh, <laughs> oh, he could be older yeah exactly uh, and and the other guy Stavern the rematch oh. with Stavern uh was out of boxing for two years, I yeah. believe. Hadn't fought for yeah. two years, right? I, no, I think, very fair. I, I think I'm being accurate. Yeah, yeah, very and, fair. And didn't show up to win. Yep. Really, was oh, heavier, no. was heavier, wasn't ready mentally, hadn't fought for two years. I mean, you know, he was he was like, okay, take me to the firing squad, <laughs> and uh, can I have a blindfold, please? Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, you're right. Uh, you know, uh, so 
that's the adjustments Wilder's got to make. And one other thing, when when he moved his head, he being Fury, when he moved his head like this, when he went over like this to get away from the right hand, then sometimes that made the jab miss and the right hand was coming like a millisecond behind it. So he weaved back. Yeah. And he, he well, weaved back. But what they didn't notice, you know what he did? And we're going to do it in the fight plan. Yeah. I did notice it. <laughs> what he did, he bent forward. He, and then he went back. So for that split second, he leaned forward. So an uppercut, uh, perfect. And and you never really saw his uppercut. You saw his jab, yeah. you saw his right hand, you know, the jab that he threw, and you saw the right hand. But you never saw an uppercut. I would want, if I'm the trainer of him, I would want to see an uppercut this fight. Again, a little faint. He slips over there. He starts to lean forward instead of the straight right hand. Mm. The uppercut. Yeah. Let him walk into it. Let him walk into it. Again, adjustment, halftime. Halftime, you see it. You look at the film. You look at the film. Film, don't lie. Mm-hmm. Don't lie. But that, that's up to you to make the adjustments. So for me, are you ready for my prediction? Before you give the prediction, predictions being sponsored by MyBookie. Check them out at MyBookie.ag. Use the promo code ATLAS for 50% credit on see, your See, now you're going to get deposit. the shark going to come up. Right? <laughs> but you set it up nice, Ken. Yeah. Now the shark, the shark's about to come out of the water. <laughs> give ahead. it to him. Go ahead. Go ahead. Finish. That's it. Use the promo code ATLAS, 50% credit on your first deposit, and get ready for some easy money. Give it to him, Teddy. I'm going with water. I'm going a lot of people are like, they're going with Fury. Maybe some of it, their their feelings. So they want to see the underdog. They his story. He's got a great story. Hey, Wilder's got a good story too. He's got a good story too. Taking care of a, a daughter that was uh, born with some problems, and mm-hmm. and he's been a good father, and he's been able to take care of her. Uh, it's a beautiful story, and and uh, and Fury's got a beautiful story. You know, he got to a place in life where nobody should get to, where mm-hmm. he didn't want to live no more. Yep. And he decided to live it and to not lose his life, not to give up his life. And um, so, you know, it's uh, some people might be caught up in that story. But at the end of the day, uh, I'm going with Wilder, not just because of the right hand. I'm going with him that he does have the chance. He did finally land it late in the fight. He could pick up where he left off. Mm-hmm. He he finally figured it out a little bit. And but there's another reason. I haven't seen really a change in Fury. You know, he's you made a good point. He switched trainers a couple times already. Mm-hmm. I, I haven't seen he's going to be what he's going to be. I I did see him be gritty and in that second fight on ESPN. Uh, he Otto Wallen. Yeah, Wallen. Yeah. You know he he. He overcame he, a huge. He, he cut. overcame a cut, and he just went after it, you know. And yeah. he showed a different dimension instead of that cutie dimension, yeah, you know. Yeah. So he showed that, but he, he's—I don't think he can do that, no. you know. That that might be a little. Um, uh, that might be a little bit of uh, uh, suicidal, but <laughs> but I think that he's got to be the cutie. He's got to be the small guy. He's got to be the peanut butter and jelly sandwich. All, all those things I said, um, and. and in this fight, but I I feel that Wilder has added something. He's added a delivery system that I picked up on about two fights ago. We talked about it on, mm-hmm. on our show, where he he mesmerized you with the jam and then bop, the right hand's right behind it. Not like boom, boom, yeah. where it was before. Now mm-hmm. it's like boom, boom, 
Bam! And, and you don't see it. George Foreman did it. Tefilio Stevenson did yeah. it. As I said earlier, the great Olympian who won three gold medals and one of only three people in the world in the history of the sport, Olympic sport of boxing that has won three gold medals in Olympics. Uh, he was with the great Cuban team. Uh, he he used to do it. Uh, Igamar Johansson did it when he knocked out Floyd Patterson. George Foreman, the great George Foreman, and he is great. Mm -hmm. He is smart. Mm -hmm. I mean, anyone who could make $200 million selling a freaking grill. <laughs> guy's great. <laughs> yeah. Besides what he did in the ring. And so, you know, and they all did it where they, they make, they lie, they, they lie to you. Mm -hmm. They lie to you, Ken. Ken, they lie to you. Yeah. They, they make you think you're safe because they're only throwing a jab three quarters. So you're safe. And so you think that's the, that's the end of the line of danger. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But it's not. It's about three inches further because they didn't extend the jab. Yep. And Wilder's learn how to do that, make you feel safe. You stand in front, you cooperate a little bit, and, and then boom, you don't realize that it's right on top of you. You don't have time to register in your brain, mm -hmm. and the lights are out, good night, and uh, <laughs> you know, you're snoring and stuff. Yeah. And so he's got that going into this second fight. And the other reason why I'm picking Wilder is because... There's a part of me that doesn't feel that Fury can be any better than he was the first time, emotionally, mentally, and technically, that he fought the best fight he could. He could mm -hmm. fight. Yeah. I know people are going to say, but Teddy, he could avoid that right, then it's a better fight. Yeah, I got it. But he fought about as good as he could fight, and he handled the pressure. He, he did everything, everything really good, and he still got caught. Mm -hmm. He still got caught. Twice. Twice. Still got caught twice. And so, again, when I had to cap a fight, I try to do it from all the dimensions and angles that I think you should. And I'm trying to give that to them, you mm -hmm. know, all those for what it's worth. And I think that that pretty much sums it up for me that I, I A, I think that Wild is the one guy bringing something new with the delivery system. Um, and I think that, again, that it's going to be who makes the adjustments to looks at the film. And I feel that Fury, to a certain extent, and I, and I get pushback on this, but I, I don't know that he thinks he can get better because it is a mental game. Mm -hmm. He fought so good, so good, almost perfect, and he still got caught twice. Mm -hmm. And I don't know that he can mentally go into the fight thinking that he can better that mm -hmm. and that means something that that does mean something and uh and he's had listen i know he lives in a some people are comfortable living in chaos mm -hmm. it's you know it's it's like it's like a my pillow yeah you know, the guy, <laughs> the guy, that guy's like, commercials haunt my dreams <laughs> if i hear them all day on tv I if mean, i'm watching I don't CNBC. No more my pillow oh, you know what i mean I'm, but, but, I, I'm to the point where i refuse to even take a my pillow if you send me a free one just because i'm so aggravated with those commercials i agree we could do an episode <laughs> on my pillow and the do's and don'ts and the, the things about my pillow that drive you just freaking nuts <laughs> but it's i mean it he, some people can live in a chaotic, chaotic, chaos world, an upside-down world, a, a world of swirling things going all different ways, which obviously is part of the world of fury. Um, you know, and they can be comfortable. 
They can get a good night's sleep, you know. But at what point, at what point does that world just affect you a little bit? At what point? Mm -hmm. Like I said, he handled it so beautifully the first time. Can he handle it, that world, the whirlwinds of that world that I'm describing? Can he handle it again a second time? Again, it's got nothing to do with favoritism or anything. It's got to do with purely logic in my mind of why I'm picking. I'm going with Wilder, ninth round knockout. I'm even going to give you a knockout. There you have uh, it. I'm a, a round. I'm even going to give you a round. All right. Wilder by knockout in the ninth rounds. Well, close. Or they're up. They're close. Lock it in, Rob. Well, listen, we're going to um, we're gonna head over to Trinity Boxing Club now and record the fight plan in the ring. That, uh, that fight plan will be out on YouTube the Monday before the fight. So please make sure to check it out. Leave a comment. Share the link with your friends. Appreciate all the support. Again, please, Apple Podcasts, leave a review. Share the link. We appreciate all the love. We try to respond to everyone that sends messages. Um, Teddy, thanks for doing this. Anything you want to add before we say goodbye? No, I mean... And again, check out mybookie.ag. If you like Teddy's pick, jump on it. 50% credit if you use the promo code ATLAS, A-T-L-A-S. You ready to head over to Trinity Boxing Club, Teddy? Yeah, the only thing I would add, and I think I touched on it already earlier, is that the other fight going on is the fight, you know, as always, the money fight, the business. Mm -hmm. The ugly side. (laughs) You know, the business side. Yeah. You know, that PVC, Top Rank, Fox, you know, it's a joint promotion. Wouldn't you love to be a fly on the wall at those those strategy meetings between the execs from all the promoters and networks? Like, we'd say, we we just care about, and I know this don't have to be said, but we just care about how good the fight is. That's it. We, we, we're we're partners. I believe that. Without you guys, we ain't doing this. Yep. So I really mean that. We. We uh, it's, and it's got nothing to do with being French. <laughs> you, you, we're partners. We're together. We care about the same thing, basically. Yep. And that's why we're here talking about it. But the promoters, of course, it's about it's got to go over a million buys, <laughs> you know, whatever. A uh, million and a half. Oh, very good. Two million. Oh, tremendous. Um, you know, at, at the end of the day, I, I know that people want a good fight, but you know, the promoters, they just. Hey, it's uh, what are they in it for? I mean, it's not a curse word. What I'm going to say, mm-hmm. they just want to make money. Yeah, I mean that's all it's about. And you know, I'll leave it with uh, I'll leave it with uh, another movie <laughs> with the Bronx Tale, Sonny, the the wise guy. When the kid when the kid said, "Hey, uh, I was I was crying. What are you crying about, kid? When Mickey Mano got struck out." You know, in the ninth inning, it made it, it broke my heart. It broke Mick's heart. They and Sonny, the wise guy, looked at him and said, "Let me ask you a question, kid. If your dad can't make the rent next month, can't come up with the money for the rent, Mickey Mantle gonna pay the rent? <laughs> Mickey Mantle don't care about you. <laughs> he don't care about you." <laughs> The promoters don't care, and, and I'm not picking any, on anybody. But let's be honest, right? At the end of the day, they don't care. We care. No, we care. We're not giving ourselves ribbons for it or yeah. medal, but we care if it's a good fight or not because 
That's what we do because that's what matters. Mm -hmm. That you get a good fight, that somebody pays $100, $70, I don't even know what the price is on it, but that it's that it's a good fight, you know? I'd be curious to see what they have for the undercard. Have they announced the undercard yet, Rob? I haven't seen it yet. I've heard some um, comments about it not being uh, not being very good, but I think the main event is so good it should carry it, but it'll be curious to see with the two different promoters how they match up on the undercard. Confirmed last night, let's see. Gerald Washington. Charles Martin, the heavyweight, he was undefeated when he fought Joshua. That's who Joshua got his title from. Yep. He knocked him out in one round. I and, believe it was one round. And Gerald Washington, I think he made his pro debut. He's a softball, like, too. Uh, Who's he's the been around. One? Gerald Washington. Well, it is, again, you know, the people uh, the people aren't coming for the halftime exactly. show. Yep. You know, like the Super Bowl. <laughs> I mean, it's a nice, it, it, I mean... Oh, what, what's it's her like name? It's like window dressing. Yeah. What was, what was her name? Uh, uh, J-Lo and Shakira. Yeah, J-Lo. I mean, she she looks good for someone who's 70. You know? <laughs> but, I mean... Not really, as good as A-Rod. Well, <laughs> give her all the credit in the world, okay? Great. But, but, but we still came for the game. That's right. Right? We still, And so no matter what that is, for this, in this case, sometimes you complain, you know, and rightfully so about the undercard, but this is about the main event. This is about the Super Bowl, yep. and to a certain extent, you know, this is about that, and about the adjustments, baby. Yep. About the halftime adjustments. So, let's see who makes the adjustments. Well, let's go head over to Trinity Boxing Club and do this, guys. Thanks for being with us. Appreciate the support. We'll be see you soon.